What I said was, listen to what I tell you. This is what our ancestors did long ago. My name is Daskermamemtimlanet. It translates to Strong Voice of the Steersman. My house is House of Bluebill Duck, and I said I live in New Malakala, and I'm from New Malakala. And I said the fire is lit, and the mat is set. My English name is David Nelson III, and I am a guest on Bruce's podcast. No better opening. Welcome to Swat and Flies, Telling Lies. Um, I've known David pretty much my whole life. Your dad was my first little league coach yeah. for... <laughs> for the Lakers, obviously. For the Lakers, man. <laughs> for the Lakers. Me and Milo were coached by your dad my yeah. first year. And that was the first year Milo played Little League, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and then just always seeing you around, interacting here and there, and then the dances, and then the music, and then Terrence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, you and your brother had a store, and then me and my daughter would go and rent movies, and yeah. then you guys opened up a store that was right next to where me and my daughter were living, <laughs> so every Friday and Saturday we were there. Yep, yep. I remember uh, buying sunglasses, but they had the flames on, and I was on the side of the, on, the, <laughs> on this part right here, Yeah. and I was like, hey man, do you, you got a black marker? <laughs> remember yeah, I yeah, colored yeah. the flames out because yeah, I didn't, yeah. didn't want the flames on there? But uh, that's just a quick, uh, quick backstory. Like I said, his dad was my first little league coach for the Lakers, which has always been yeah. uh, your favorite team. <laughs> yeah, since 1981 when we first got on there. Um, that that goes way back, holy cow, you know. It's like even now I look at the um, Taquan Hoopers, you know, and they take on all the NBA names. Yes. They didn't start off that way. What do it? What were some of let's let's start there then? I didn't know that because yeah. I would look back when I was younger, obviously, and I would look at the yearbooks. You're right. Yeah. And and there used to be cheerleaders for each team back yeah, then too. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They started off as like the Bears and the Tigers, and then um, they named it um, the Big Lakers, which was after Big Lake Skaters Lake. And oh. Then it, and then it kind of evolved into from Big Lake Lakers into Lakers, and then. Everybody else realizing, hey, I like some NBA teams too. So you know, then you got the Celtics, the Sonics in there, of course. Okay. Um, you know, and those were some of the original teams that came up with the NBA, and I was part of that, part of that um, movement that went on. Um, I remember like a whole lot of players, like Greg Buxton, Jr. playing on the Sonics. You know, Frank Frank Guthrie, all those guys playing in, in those teams. Oh, and okay. We started off, and you know, ever since then, and. Sometime while I was gone, they changed it and they started taking on the college names, which, you know, that was kind of cool for a bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, they decided to want to go back to the NBA. So, so by the time I came on, uh, they were they were 
every team was an NBA team <laughs> name, and I was on the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my parents were like, do you guys want to play basketball? And it was the first year that Milo said, yeah, I do want to play. He was in fifth grade, and then they let third graders play, which oh, was yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, well... If you're going to take Milo, you need to take Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, your dad took Milo, and he ended up taking me. (laughs) Yeah, and that was the one thing my dad always loved, you know. It's like I um, last year I I coached um, alongside with Franklin, and then we, um, you know, we we got in there. I think we we did a pretty good job in, you know, we might not have won a lot of games, but those kids definitely learned a lot of fundamental basketball. And um, we we definitely, that's that's what both of our dads did, you know, like, yeah. They preach, oh, his dad preach was fund- a coach. Yeah, they preach fundamentals, you know. It's like, yeah. um, you know, it's like it wasn't about um, throw it to the best person on the team. No. It's like, no, man, everybody's got to be a part of it. Yeah. You know? and, and then um, I think, like I said, we, we tried to instill that old school, old school feel to it, you know. Might not have won a lot of games, but, you know, hey, we came hey. close and we um, we had some, um, we, had, we had the largest number of kids but the shortest kids, like, oh, <laughs> we ended with the shortest kids out there. You know? so it's like, um, you had a couple of girls, couple of girls in there who, you know, were, were in fifth grade at the time, and you know they're, they're about as tall as I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and those girls sprouted up, and they're sitting there, they're shooting the ball back and forth, and getting the rebound on each side of there, and like taking you know five, six shots to try to make the basket. And I'm like. Nothing that we can do, you know. It's like, but you know, it's like block out. <laughs> like they're trying to block out, and they can't. You know, the kids are just reaching over them. It's not, and you know, everybody's always like over the back. I'm like, it's not over the back. They didn't displace them. They didn't do this, you know. So yeah, you know. they literally just put their hands up, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I see nowadays, like even I was uh, running some laps on top of the the track at the um, rec center here. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Saturday morning, and then boom, all the kids showed up, and um, they didn't do full court for the dribblers league, and then they lowered the rims. Yeah, and that's that's to um, help to make the shot form. I mean, yeah, I watch a lot of little kids. Yeah, they grab and shoot, try to shoot from the waist, and then try to try to shoot way up there, and that doesn't give a good form for them. So when they lower it, and all of a sudden they don't have to push as hard, and they can they can get a nice shooting form on that part. So oh, okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it always called Little League then when you were um, It was Little League. And then, you know, it got kind of confusing with people because of the fact that um, when you talk about Little League, um, they think about baseball. Exactly. And then, you know, then um, they changed it over to, um, it was actually, for a while there, it was the Junior NBA, Junior WNBA under the Boys and Girls Club. And that, that was actually sponsored there. Okay. Um, so it was pretty neat. Is that when uh, Kathy Patterson was yeah, yeah. was in charge over there? Yeah. Okay. And that was really good. That's where they came up with the Alden Buxton Senior Sportsmanship Tournament. And that's where they, they named that one. Was that, the, was that the the final tournament of the season, or was it some? Yeah, it was the final tournament of the season. Um, oh, okay. Well, I remember having that. We used to have a Christmas tournament. And, well, yeah, you yeah, remember that. Yeah, so. And... Uh, and then um, you'd have games, and it seemed like there was at least one or two times they'd have a spring break tournament yeah. for the for us little leaguers yeah. too. Um, there, when I was on your dad's team, so it took. I until then, all my shoes were Velcro. Yeah, I couldn't tie my shoes. Um, your dad put me in the game, and and uh, the ref was like, "Tie your shoes." I called a timeout, <laughs> which is a no no. Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and I ran up. Into the bleachers, 
and put my foot up and my mom tied my shoe. <laughs> and then when I took off back down and I and I took the ball and the crowd gave her a standing ovation. <laughs> the real hero of the game. Yeah. <laughs> your dad just smiled and said, no more timeouts for tying your shoes. <laughs> you yeah. got to learn how. And Milo, Milo was like, you got to learn how to tie your shoes, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I was on the Lakers when that happened. Yeah. My dad still talks about that. Yeah. They won. Um, my dad had won um, seven championships in a row. Yeah, ten overall. And um, between all the ones that I had playing, um, yeah, if we kept every first place trophy that we had, we would have had twenty one championship trophies in our house. Holy so, shit, huh? Yeah, it's just something that you know he had a passion for, and, and oh, yeah. you know his passion is for kids. I mean, and that kind of instilled on myself too. Oh so. yeah. Which brings me to what I'm doing today. So yeah, uh, let's touch on that. You are over here now. Is it the uh, native? Is it Native American Language Summit or? Yeah. So it's KIC Native Amer um, Native Language Summit. Um, it's really kind of neat. Um, it's the first one that they've had that I know of. Um, it's you know Alaska Native Alaska Native Language Summit. And, okay. And so it's really kind of neat. Um, the first night kicked off with um, um, paying tribute to the Aleuts, who actually have some have some history here in Ketchikan, because um, out by Ward Lake, that's where they're all in an internment camp. And so, you know, back in back in World War, you know, they thought, oh man, these guys might might defect and fight fight for the other side. So they kind of put them in an internment camp out by Jesus Ward Christ. Lake. Yeah, and so. And that that was a you know that's a pretty powerful message. I mean that could be that could be a movie and told about this this, yeah. this area. And you know now now they renovated Ward Lake and uh, now it's a nice nice campsite out there. You know, and we've like, never guessed that, man. Yeah, yeah, ever. And it's just out there. And the, the, one of the gentlemen that was speaking last night. Um, let's see if I got it up in here. One of the gentlemen speaking last night. He was talking about um, when they were out there in an internment camp he said it was seven years old in 1942 i do believe it was and so he was talking grabbing some papers here um but he was talking about internment camp in 1942 and it was incredible to hear him hear him have that conversation um oh, what was his name I look it up here oh michael zizakov um senior Okay. Yeah, and he was born in um, 1935. So yeah, he was he was about seven years old. Jesus and, Christ! You know, it says here he's one of 13 children born. Yeah, and you know they ended up here, and he said that um, he said that um, the very first time he seen a bear, you know, they never seen a bear <laughs> before in his life. Okay. He said they were fishing. He said they were fishing, and they sat there and um. He ran up and told his, his his father. He's like, "Boy, that bear! That bear went and took our fish, and they're catching in their mouth, and they're shaking it all over the place, and they're <laughs> eating all the fish." He's like, "That was crazy." And his father, he says, his "Father, like, you stay away from those dogs because he thought they were dogs, <laughs> and so he'd never seen a bear in his life." Uh, you know? <laughs> so you know, you can you be like that, you know? It's like, yeah, that. And you know, it had that native humor going on. You know, it's yeah. like you just make things comical. You know, and like make it um, entertaining because you know back in the day they didn't have they didn't have TV. They didn't have you know. It's like you hear about. I mean, I grew up hearing about like 
um, your grandfather Arnold telling stories about when they used to gather around the radio and listen to the radio. Yeah. And now, now we're kind of back to that. We're going to podcasts. Yeah. So, it's a newer form, updated form, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and then and one thing about that too, we'll we'll go to my dad on this quick tangent here. Um, when so when Milo turned ten, it was nineteen eighty five, and um. My mom was like, Eddie, we got to go to the store. I got to get some more stuff. I forgot some stuff. And she said, we were driving, and your dad just kind of had this distant look. And he said, huh, Milo's 10. My son's 10. And she said, yes. And he looked over, and he said, you know, when I was 10, my dad brought me over to Hemlock and left me there for 24 hours. <laughs> and she started hitting his shoulder. You're not doing that to my son. He's like, hey, I'm just fucking telling you how times have changed, you know? Yeah, I mean, even now, I mean, you see the kids, kids now, we, you, we do things, uh, I watch these kids playing on the playground, you know, I'm always like, hey, hey, get down from there, don't jump from that, don't do that, and I'm like thinking, all the crazy things I did as, as a kid, right? Like, Just on the playground alone, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't include after hours activities yeah, with yeah. your friends. <laughs> yeah, and these kids probably do the same thing, yeah. you know, but it's like, oh man, you know, but that all stems from, you know, people people basically suing for everything under the sun so now we have to be ultra cautious with everything um that is true because i remember um i don't remember if you i don't know if you remember those old buildings they had out by the out by the old apartments out there oh yeah those old buildings we used to climb up on the roof there (laughs) and we would jump off the roof but we'd have a pile of coats there so it was okay (laughs) we had 10 coats that day (laughs) (laughs) a bunch of coats there we jumped down you know and like probably why my knees are all it's right it's both my knees <laughs> oh man yeah it definitely man i mean you just think back to when you were a kid and then to when i was growing up because did you graduate in 92 1990 yeah no or 1990? 1990 okay so i graduated in 96 yeah so just imagine the difference from when you were in little league than when i was in little league yeah. and then um i remember being excited about uh coming over to catch can to play their all-stars yeah yeah you know yeah, that was that was a that was a great thing and then you know even as eight as a seventh graders actually no sixth graders yeah because we had to choose we had to choose we had to choose whether we played in little league or we played in the braves yeah there was no like oh, not no. how it is now yeah and now they, they're like oh braves are playing but they only play like three or four games you know? yeah so that's it and I can understand why they're doing that, but yeah. Um, back then, no, that wasn't that wasn't done. But as soon as you got the seventh grade, man, yeah, <laughs> you, you had to choose. You had yeah, to choose. you couldn't play it, and and essentially we played a game sixth graders versus the Braves. Um, oh yeah, um, B team basically is sixth or seventh grade is really what it was. And oh so, okay, and that's really what it would be. And um, first time ever, um, they had a really good group of kids in there and you know they went to overtime the Braves ended up winning of course but you know as they oh, said, yeah. uh, Pete Rowe coaching them against Mr. Mike. Rowe yeah. <laughs> he, he's probably in Louisiana huh yeah he's still down there and yeah um I think he's on Facebook too somebody somebody might have added him or I think Greg Greg probably added him Greg adds all the all the teachers I gotta find him if he's on there <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. guy had such a huge impact on my childhood <laughs> even in going into high school yeah, you yeah. know I, I love taking his classes he'd be like and World War One started in. Then they tell the answer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I uh, when I, so when I got to high school, so I'm starting in my sophomore year. 
as long as my grades were good, um, March Madness would come around, and he'd, he'd be out, and he's like, hey, Bruce, got the TV, do you got any work you need to be getting done? <laughs> Go in there, and he'd shut the door, and we'd just watch yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> for the, because what were classes, like 45, 50 minutes yeah, back yeah, then? Yep. And it always went by like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, that just kind of goes back to when I was in elementary school, um, Mrs. Booth, Sarah Booth, yeah. was the ling- was uh, Simshan yeah. teacher. And, you know, I, I caught the um, I caught the tail end of your grandpa doing that there. He, oh, okay. He would actually, he would actually, I think he retired by the time I got into there, but he kept like whenever Sarah was out, he would he would come in he would come in every once in a while and work with her. Okay. And I remember the puppet show that we actually digitized. Um, they have it at the um, um, they have it at the available at the museum over there for sale. Wow. Um, so the old puppet show with with your grandpa and Mary doing the voices in Somalia. Holy uh, cow! Is, is, is over there. I digitized that. Um, just recently, I I learned how to color correct, and so I sat there and I went back and um, yeah, we have the original um, VHS which we converted over digital and made the DVD. But uh, wow, the one one that I went through and I color corrected it so it looks like looks nicer, you know. And I took out the pops and the hisses and stuff out of there and kind of cleaned it up. And so that's now that's a pretty cool thing to do, man. Yeah. <laughs> Because that, that right there, I mean, like you said, it's available to buy, man. Yeah, yeah. You and know? It's history, you know, language language out there. We were actually discussing that today about how much we have in content um, between the Hype Foundation, between Donna Mae Roberts and all her stuff, um, stuff that's at the school. There's so much, so much content out there of, of language that, um, you know, it, and... Everybody's agreeing is like we need to make this available to everybody. Everybody is near no us. It belongs to all of us. It doesn't belong to a single one of us, you know. Yeah. It's not I mean, you know, it's like it's like, no, this is mine, you can't have it. You can look at it, but you can't have it. You <laughs> look know, with that, your eyes. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't touch it, you can't take it, you know. Yeah. Um, she was telling me about um who was she telling um Donna Mae was telling us saying that she has seventy eight records that are seventy eights, the old seventy eights. Oh yeah. And it's it's a bunch of um gospels and them singing in Somalia and all that stuff, you know, all the church stuff back in the day. Um which is really interesting, you know, because like um we're our town was founded on Christianity, you know, and it came about because um, you know, when Duncan came came across, um, came amongst people, he only had he only had a hand, small handful of followers, and when he decided that, um, when he decided that he wasn't going to do any good in the, um, you know, in Lakolams because they had so much, so much going on, you know, gambling, um, alcohol, you know, all this, all this stuff that that they could do, um, he decided that he wanted to move, and so they moved from um, Lakolams or Port Simpson over to Malakala, B.C., um, where current-day Malakala, B.C. is. And um, he only had about 50 followers at that point. And um, when smallpox started hitting towards Lakolams, um, Duncan had a vaccine. And so um, a majority of the Gitland had decided that they wanted to go over there, and you know, they, they wanted to be, they didn't want, nobody wanted to die, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they went over to Duncan, and he said, well... I can give you the vaccine, you come live with us, but you have to follow our rules. So they made, he made us give up a lot of stuff. 
um, the dancing, you know, the um, you know going to the going to the the shaman, the the native doctor there, you know, he made us stop painting our face. Um, we had to stop potlatching at that time. Um, you know, there was so much, and we had to give up. Um, basically, had to give up our titles. Like if if somebody was a chief at that time, you know, they had to give it up, give up that title, and you know, then. Um, they did for the most part and for for such a long time you know they lived there and then um, and then the Church of England wanted him to become a fully ordained minister which would have meant that he had to eradicate every single thing about us including language we would have had to be um, basically U Europeans um, Jesus Christ <laughs> man and so Duncan didn't see it that way. He thought, you know, like, well, they're making baskets and boxes that they could sell. You know, they can do that, and they can be industrious and do all this other stuff. And their language, nothing wrong with their language. So, um, and he said he didn't want to be that way. And so the Church of England sent over another person by the name of Bishop Ridley, um, who came came across, and he came over. He said, "This is church. This is Church of England land." You know, Malakalabisi with Church of England land and that, you know, that the, their rules and all this other stuff. And and for a while there was divided, you know, that the town was divided amongst, like, who would follow who there. And um, Duncan just, rather than, rather than have conflict, he just ended up said, let's see if we can find somewhere else. And, you know, in 1887, he went to Congress. Um, went to Congress and went there and got permission to move into the territory of Alaska, which, you know, after after we, the United States purchased Alaska. And, you know, they went off to, um, went off to do what they needed to do. And then, you know, he sent word back. Um, actually, here's one of the things that I tell. Um, he sent scouts over to um, find a place in the, in the territory of Alaska. They'd gone, they'd gone quite a ways. They'd gone up to, um, I heard they'd gone quite a ways. But they ran into a gentleman named Chief Johnson, which is over there at um, Cedar Point, uh, right off the graveyard. He was fishing out there, and he asked them what they were doing. Um, I was wondering all these years why this Singet would, you know, Singet would sit there and talk to these people and say, "What are you doing?" Mm -hmm. And he said, "There's," he's like, "No, you don't need to go far. Like right around the point there, the old village that had been abandoned for 50 years, um, called um, Tequani, Tequani, I think it was." was and, um, and um to the tech wants clinking yeah there. yeah yeah okay. i do believe so yeah i, I i'm just trying to remember yeah, it right okay. my head yeah um but he said that you know the beaches are there they're good for your canoes um there's a waterfall nearby so you have fresh water plenty of berries plenty of food plenty of salmon all sorts of stuff and i was wondering why why would this thing get person do that and um, doing more studies and going into it, it turned out that his his mother was from Lachwalams, so his mother was Simsian, and his father was from 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 the tribe over here. Wow! And so yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting to see. But the scouts went and landed, and um, you know, landed on the beach, and it, the longhouse is actually a commemoration of of kind of the general area where they landed. That's why the longhouse is where it's at. That's that's the reason it's yeah, there. Yeah, that's why it's right there. So pretty neat to just uh, see that, you know. And like most people don't know that, you know. Hey, man, I'm from there. <laughs> Learn something new every day, yeah. man.
And the great thing is, too, you know, doing what I do, you know, in the language and, you know, working with the kids and all this stuff, I get a lot of, um, a lot of elders that's, that stop me and talk to me, and, you know, it's like, I'm digitizing some of the videos and stuff, you hear them talking, and like I heard your grandfather talking about some things, I've heard, um, Blit Eaton talking about things, you know, um, Ira Booth, um, all these gentlemen that, that are there, and I think they're all digitized up there yeah. at the museum. So, you, you know, I don't know if those ones are for sale, but I know they're there. No, oh, okay. Pretty neat to see see all that history, and, you know, and it's like not realizing how much of the history that, you know, now I work for tourism and I tell all these stories and, you know, tell the history of Malakala. It's like, they said, what's the longest tour that you ever had? Because, you know, normally we get about two hours over there no, and talk okay. about all our stuff over there. Yeah. Um, that's the longest tour I ever had um, was right after Cruz West had, had declared bankruptcy. Um, you know, Lacey was still running tourism at that point, and okay. um, she's very beneficial in in keeping tourism alive over there in Malacala. Yeah. Um, without her her efforts, after Pat Beal had had retired, um, Lacey kept kept it going. Cruz West and then Cruz West one they just went bankrupt. And left a whole lot of bills everywhere. Mm. So it's like you know, including leaving a lot of bills with with um, you know, with with MIC tours. Man, but Lacey was opening it up to individual tours, and she brought people over. And you know, um, as she was getting a little busier and busier, and trying to get um, trying to get more contracts done with people, she had contacted me because she knew I, I had done tourism before in the past, and. Um, I would bring people out on tours, mostly mostly three or four hour tours. Um, she didn't tell me, yeah, <laughs> Gilligan's Island. Yeah, you knew what I was chuckling about. Sorry, carry on, man. <laughs> but uh, but you know, it's like she would she would sit there and do that, and then um, as she was getting a little more and more um, engrossed and trying to get people negotiating to come here or to Malakala, yeah. I should say. Um, you know, she started calling me in to do stuff. Um, and I did one, um, she didn't tell me how long it was, she said, you got to pick him up at the airport. Oh, okay. Or at the float plane. I said, okay, picked him up and welcomed them, you know, said who I was and told them we are going to do stuff. And I had a general plan of what I was going to do, but I didn't know how long I have. Oh, okay. Uh, because she didn't tell me, usually she would tell me, she's like, oh, you got, you got two hours. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, figure it out from there, you know, and yeah. as much as I can. Um, this person was there for eight hours. <laughs> it was a full day's work. It le legit, man. <laughs> uh, we went out there and we talked, and yeah, we of course we stopped for lunch, and then we went out, um, talked about everything you possibly could about Malakala. Wow, I wasn't, I wasn't done talking. Oh, okay, about, I wasn't done talking about Malakala. Yeah, as he was leaving, I was like, "There's, there's more that I wanted to tell you." Yeah, and he was like. He was like, man, that felt like hanging out with a friend the whole day. That. <laughs> That's like, good, yeah, though, yeah, man. Like, yeah. I was like, I didn't, he was like, and you didn't repeat any information at all. Like, there's so much history. Is that The island's so rich in history, you know. It's like going through out there, you know. Um, talking about, talking about the, um, you know, it's like I'm over here for the Language Summit. Yes. You know, it's like going back to when Sarah was in there doing all this stuff that she was doing not knowing that Burl Eaton was the one um, 
doing all the typing and everything for her. She was making up all the sheets and everything for them. Okay. And she was doing behind the scenes stuff when Mary and Arnold were in there, and then it was as Mary got sick, um, Sarah started taking over, you know, and Burl okay. was still working in the background. So she's a really integral part of that whole whole deal too, you know, and being from the family and being, you know, a sister to both Sarah and Mary as well. So, um, you know, she's done a lot of great things. I. I've had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Burl, and I've heard her. Um, I've heard her speak. I've heard her sing. She's a beautiful singer. Um, boy, that that whole family has just done wonderful things along with your your grandpa there. So, um, in working the language, you know, along with Blit, um, so many, so many back in the day when I grew up, um, you know, there were over a hundred fluent speakers. You know, over a hundred fluent speakers, I think. Um, was it your your uncle, Romy? Uh, grandpa. Yeah, grandpa. But my yeah. uncle Ralph, who yeah, just Ralph passed, because yeah. you yeah. came yeah. down. Um, we put my grandma's headstone on, and you again sang the song that you wrote for my grandmother. Yeah, yeah. and that was a beautiful thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Just sitting there, I'm like, oh man, and knowing knowing our family connection too. It's like you know all this all these years, knowing those family connections, and then finally being acknowledged. And everybody's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, it's like now I'm welcoming. <laughs> They're like, "Come on in." You know? Yeah. And oh. and uh, just that too. Uh, you, uh, what are you? What else are you doing with this? Um, I think tomorrow's was day three already. Holy cow! Yeah, we day three tomorrow, so man. <laughs> Everything we won't. Probably not enough time in the day for what you guys need to get done. Yeah. Too, I we had a discussion today about um, we were discussing about what we're doing in the language and you know we 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 touched on we touched on what they're doing in Anchorage or in Juneau and Anchorage and then we have the Hike Foundation in Matlakala they're doing some wonderful things um, they're actually I think they're on their way to New Zealand if they can raise all the funding for that wow um, to go to go speak with the Maori over there um, two weeks two weeks in February. Not not a bad time to go to New Zealand. Right? Hey man, <laughs> get the heck out of Mount Lakatla's freezing snow weather yeah, at that time. Yeah, although there was a there was a volcano eruption over there oh. quite recently. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I'd want to be there for that. You know, but, but, um, you know and, and then at the school district we're doing stuff. You know, I've I've taught language there in the school district. I loved every minute of it. Um, my high school class actually. Their final exam was to speak entirely in language for 50 minutes, and they did it. That uh, is they, awesome. They could use notes, they could use the dictionary, they could use the online dictionary. Um, they had all that resource for them because they didn't have the um, the the base words built into them, so they understood it. But um, through the help of Mike Hill, um, Angeli, um she got over um, Velna Nelson and Margaret Harris over to do a class. And I asked them, so, well, can I use some of this to teach my class? They said, absolutely. So I used that and got those kids speaking entirely in the language. You know, and I'd take them down to visit with Sarah every once in a while, and, and um, they would run their sentences by her, and she's like, yep, that's correct. That's correct. That is and awesome, so man. It's really kind of neat to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, it's like... Um, it seemed like I was always pulled out to do something else because... I do so many things, you know, it's like technology or, you know, working with kids and, and their behaviors, um, it's kind of what I'm doing now, um, but I'm taking the culture and using it as as that to um, to help these kids, you know, and, and not doing it in, you know, doing it in a way like 
how I think my mom and dad would do it, you know, oh, okay. just doing it in such a loving way as possible. Um, like telling the kids, you know, I was like, hey, when somebody's up there speaking, we need to be quiet in the peace hall. You know, when somebody's up speaking, we all need to quiet, be quiet and listen to what they do. And I teach them that. And, you know, when I teach classes, I sit there and usually I'll take the speaking staff and I said, when they tap it three times, that means everybody be quiet. And um, when I had the elementary kids and I was teaching them um, a couple of years, and then we went to went to a feast and somebody was up there with the speaking staff and they tapped it three times. Every kid in this, every kid in elementary was like silent, sitting there watching, and the adults were sitting there talking away. <laughs> of course, you know. I mean that's it's not their fault. They just never, you know, they just never do. And like even even up here at the language summit, I watch them. And I'm like. Or, you know, I was down at the height of holiday dinner and, you know, there's some wonderful um, dance performances down there, um, but I couldn't hear half of what they were saying because everybody was busy talking and, and oh, okay. doing stuff, you know. Yeah, but okay. I got to see Merle down there. You know, I, I saw that. I said, you got to make, you got to make Bruce jealous. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just texting with him right before, as I was walking in here. <laughs> So I get to see the who's who, you know. He's just trying to hear Merle on there. It's not like Terrence is getting a little homesick if we're up here. He keeps he keeps posting about stuff up here now, so time for him to come home again for a little bit. <laughs> I discuss him a lot in a lot of podcasts just because yeah. I grew up with him. Grew yeah. up in his house, you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, just did Adam's podcast <laughs> yesterday where he was the subject for about five minutes again. Five, yeah, yeah. ten minutes, just because yeah. that's how it goes, man. Yeah. And I, like his dad is such a wealth of knowledge too you know it's like oh man um we had him as a keynote speaker as an elders and youth conference but we had malakala we only had one okay. um i would love to have more um actually i would love to have more here in ketchikan too you know because we they can we can facilitate more people here but i'd love to see it move around <clears throat> um us in the lower southeast area we don't get a lot. Juno gets a lot of stuff, man. They get, you know, okay. SHI is based out of there, you know, so they get um, celebration every two years and they get all the, all these people from all over. I was like, Catch Can can do that. And I know they were trying to do something, they were trying to get something together and, you know, they kind of got discouraged because people were, were infighting over how they were going to do stuff and it was like, just get us together and have a good time. Yeah. And I think this language summit, hopefully it grows even more so from here. There was a lot of people there last night at the dinner, uh, <clears throat> you know, and just, and today there was a lot of people there, you know, you see, um, it's basically like the who's who of, of um, some of the language, language teachers and, you know, that the creators like Lance Twitchell from um, University of Southeast, you know, and um, University of Southeast Alaska Juno, he's, he's there. Um, Susie used to be Edwardson, she just, she just got married, I forget her last name now, but um, she's done a lot of stuff for the Hyde language up there, and she does she does stuff up there at Hyde Kill. Um, um, your aunt, um, Skiljada, I never remember her, her actual name. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always forget her real name, or her English name. I always yeah. call her Skiljada, I never call her by, but she's, you know, she's done tremendous things in the, in the, in Hadkill, you know, and I had the opportunity to work with her a couple summers in a row doing, um, KIC culture camp, and then we, last year we combined culture camps. Um, Which was awesome. Yeah. 
it was great. Um, got to create a song for that, and the kids sang it, sang it on, you know, Monday night, and you know that was incredible. It brought about <laughs> a big lump to my throat hearing those kids singing the song and singing the song, and singing it had kill and Somalia call, you know, all throughout there. It was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's like um, Ishmael Hope was there talking to that. I've seen him do tremendous stuff. He did about a. Uh, 30-minute um, speech all all in Shingat. Um wow. and it was wonderful to hear you know it's like didn't understand every word of it but um, from the words I could understand I, I kind of got a gist of what he was talking about you know yeah and so it was pretty neat to, to hear him do that um, <clears throat> trying to remember who else this it was just amazing you know and Nathan Jackson stopped in today and um, that was pretty neat to see Nathan I stopped talked to him and asked him about about what got him into what got him into doing art and he said he was telling me he's like oh i used to just do portraits you know it's, it's like one one time the stance troop was going down this place you know and and he said hey bring your portraits and then he sat there and he was like yeah i was just sitting down there painting portraits and people wanted to buy it and he's like i never thought he's like i grew up as a fisherman i never thought i'd be doing art <laughs> for a living <laughs> now look at him you know it's like huh. He has a place in Saxman, he's at a carving center there. Yeah, it's wonderful. I've been out there a few times. Uh, it's a lot of fun to sit there and watch him carve and have a conversation with him over the years, you know. And um, <clears throat> He's been over in Malakala to help um, raise totem poles over there for the Boxleys, um, to be in charge. I remember um, um, him and Bill Holm being over there in 1984. For that potlatch over there, and you know they, they were sitting there helping out with all that, all that stuff there. Bill Holm, of course, the one who, um, who basically got all the stuff that together, you know, identified ovoids and tertiary lines and all that wow. type of stuff. And so, pretty neat to hear that. And you know, his his house, Bill Holm's house, looks like a big longhouse. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like a giant longhouse. It's pretty amazing. Man, you know that potlatch too. Last year, I was home and I was staying at my mom's. And she was like, I'm just going to get rid of these tapes. And I said, well, hold on. Cousin Darce has a VHS and she likes, let me go through some of this stuff, you yeah. know. And oh, it was a couple years ago now. And then last summer I just got her this stuff. And then um, one of the tapes was the potlatch of 94. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the first time. I, I mean, I've known of dancing and, and, you know, some of the stuff. But that was... That was a pretty major milestone for us in Malagala, and it really kind of blew up a cultural explosion for us. We had always done stuff like that um, yeah. in everything that we do. I mean, you know, gee, how many places you go where they feed you after a funeral, you know? Exactly. Like, I've been to funerals down in the lower 48, and it's like, funeral's done, you just disperse and you go on your way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like you said, the community grieves in Malakatla. Yeah. The community feeds the family and yep. then the family yep. invites us to either, you know, be a part of it and grieve along with them, yeah, man. Yeah. And the, the um like you even hear like at a lot of funerals over there you hear people making jokes and making people laugh, you know, yeah. telling about all the good things. And that that's another thing that goes way back. They used to have um men used to dress up as women. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, dress up as women, come out there and make people laugh, you know, because they <laughs> do that to raise their spirits, um, you know. <laughs> like, and and on, on that, there was, I went home for, um, 
for Chuck Dunn's funeral yeah. in, uh, was that, 07? Yeah. 07 or 08? No, it was yeah. 07. Yeah. And I was sitting, it was in the Duncan Church, and I was sitting upstairs in the back, yeah. and uh, Dennis got up to talk, and he was talking about how his, um, his brother Dinks died. He's like, my brother Dinks died doing what he loved. He was out on the fishing grounds. He was yeah. fishing with his family because he passed away in 97. Yeah. During the uh, Salmon Derby. Yeah. He's like, my brother Chuck, he's like, he was out. It's like, people call it his beach. He died doing what he loved. And then he stopped, and I just, I started getting kind of teary-eyed. And then he looked up, and he said, please, God, don't let them find me out at the garbage dump. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole place erupted in laughter, man. (laughs) And then it's just like, we all needed that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, everybody, everybody, nobody has a bad thing to say about Chuck. No, no, no. I Probably the, one of the kindest souls I've ever come across. Yeah. Well, um, when him and Ira were working, you know, working in BIA. Yeah. Um, you know, they just they just re-blacktopped that whole Haines Street up there, and there was a big lip there. Oh yeah. And um, <laughs> they came out. They stopped. Yeah. Took some took some blacktop out and made a little ramp there, so it wasn't a big. Oh, nice. Up <laughs> yeah. And so. It's pretty neat to be able to be able to do that, you know. Some of the things that they did, you know, and um, yeah, always always making sure that people were taken care of. Yeah, so. exactly. I know in '99, actually, so 20 years ago, I for the summer I worked with the BIA. Yeah. And um, one of my first days on, you know, whether it's rainy, it's windy, and we were out the BIA shop. And I was like, hey, before we take lunch, we got to go check on my buddy. <laughs> and we went down, and Chuck was sitting there <laughs> with his lunch, smoking a cigarette. And Iyer Sr.'s like, hey, buddy. And he's like... <laughs> and uh, so we went over. It's like, yeah. are you good, Chuck? And he said, I couldn't be in a better place. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just sitting there in the rain and the wind, yeah. eating his lunch. And then I was like, all right. I just know you're here at noon every time, Chuck. I just have to check on you, man. You're my buddy. And then he said, yeah, you know, and then they talked. He's like, all right, I got to go bring the boys in. Mandatory lunch now. And he gave him the nudge. <laughs> that, that's the one thing, you know, I did, I did, um, boy, last Thursday, I did a, um, I, we did a potlatch with pre-K to two-year-old to second grade. Okay. Um, you know, and like, pre-k and kindergarten both sang um a song that gavin wrote we can speak for ourselves which is pretty neat you know nice um, they're singing all the song in, in somalia um uh, first grade had made drums i taught them how to make drums um wow and i showed them how to sing friendship song that i brought back in 2004 okay so i led them through that and in the years past, I've always, you know, it, last year I had to sit there and I kind of had to start them off and they did that. Um, these kids are so amazing that they know this stuff, you know, it's like, you know, these kids in 2004, they were not even close to being born at that point. No, so the, the, no. They, they've heard the song multiple times, you know, and so they grew up hearing the song and they, they were kind of, they kind of mimic it and I had it up on the board and, and um, yeah, I showed them the, the, the chant going through it out there. And um, I only got to do it once a week with them because, um, you know, of course, we have to do all the standardized, you know, make sure they pass their test and oh, yeah, okay. know, all, that, all that wonderful stuff that, that the <laughs> teachers are held res- responsible for. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm glad to bring some of the culture into the kids and talk to them once a week and so taught them how to sing it. And then all of a sudden, 
they started taking over and I, I just stood back and watched them. They, all they needed help was for was drumming when they were singing. And so they were all drumming and I kept them on beat and they were singing perfectly fine and told them, don't, don't drum too loud. Just, yeah. Just showing how to properly drum. Oh, you know, okay. I, um, they did a wonderful job and then um, second grade, second grade had done, um, had done a, a play um, that, uh, a reader's theater play that they did and it was pretty neat. And then of course we had all our food and everything, you know, holiday. You know, oh man. They had herring eggs there, you know, it's like all sorts of really great <laughs> food, man. I was like, oh, what a great lunch today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I went from there that um, the high school has a takeover day with your, your brother had been there to talk or being a keynote speaker at takeover day before, which is essentially allowing the kids to explore different things, different things that they can do. Um, some do diving, some learn self-defense, um, some go into native arts and they do stuff in there, some do cooking with Naomi. Um, you know, they offer different things all throughout there. It depends on who's available. I know they offer computer programming throughout there, you know, it's stuff that they can they can learn and um, it's a whole day of, of, of doing this type of stuff. I, I taught a DJ class in there, you know, and nice. it's pretty neat to be able to do that, you know, and talk to that and, you know, something I did for 28 years, I finally, finally said, done hauling this shit around, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unpacking a little up. Yeah, I still have my sound system, people still call me up for that, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I know, I know, you're, you're, I want to say, here, Yeah. I keep wanting to try to find somebody who would take care of it, you know, and, yeah. and move on and be like, like, I'm not even going to charge you kids if you show interest in it, man, here yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's been waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, like I said, I'm just very intrigued, and I think it's awesome what you're doing, over, especially over here, and especially keeping the language alive, yeah. especially hearing these stories yeah. of you teaching the younger generation yeah you know i mean gee, 50 minutes talking and <laughs> talking in our language yeah. that's that was, that's quite the feat yeah it's almost as long as the podcast really yeah <laughs> yeah i usually run them almost an hour because each segment that records is an hour yeah 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 and so yeah it, it was really kind of neat like i said i did that i did the um lower elementary potlatch i did the um Friday takeover day we did we did we did my dance group did a dance performance over there um, we did that for that I flew down to Seattle Friday night um, but I left left there one thirty got um, got my stuff all packed got over here jumped on the plane and flew down <laughs> there um, <laughs> slept got up went to the Haida holiday dinner which was pretty amazing this I got to perform with some Santa Hayuk down there nice. Um, they were very welcoming, and you know, like they, they had a great relationship with my parents. And, you know, we're just continuing on that one. That's good. Um, my parents paved a lot of ways for me, and I tell you. <laughs> um, and then, you know, going back home, coming back home on Sunday, um, they're like, "Why didn't you just come from there to here?" I'm like, "Cause I wanted to be fresh and ready to go." Yeah. And uh, it's like I still I didn't want to pack that much luggage yeah. to take up here. So. <laughs> So I ran home and you know brought my stuff over there and then got all my stuff all ready to go and then came back over this way. Uh, you know went back home Sunday Sunday night. The the Triton they just so happened so happened to be over here. Oh good. Um, and you know it's like they called me up and like you said that if we're ever over here we know that you're over there give you a call. Yeah. Okay. 
And you know, I already paid my my tickets, so you know, it's like I came came over one one way already. Yeah. So they they charged me charged me some money for that. I'm like that's I don't see a problem with that. Just like yeah. Thirty four dollars or something like that. They charged me one way. I'm like that's fine. You know, you, yeah. I got some money back, and that was that was that was okay. You know, it's like I'm not hurting for money, obviously. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> taking a weekend trip to Seattle. Yeah, hey, price, life's good, and, man. Yeah. Um, you know, just doing all that stuff and. Coming back and um, you know being home and then being here at being here at the summit. Yeah. Um, singing with the kids last night. Um, being able to do some stuff today, talking about stuff. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I do believe tomorrow is the Somalia portion of of that. Awesome. And I think that's that's what it is. And so, and then the next day, you know, gee man, it's crazy how fast time's going going yeah. for this. You know, it's like. It's not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just flies by. Like yeah. you said, it's gonna be the third day, man. Yeah. <laughs> like to hear Donna May doing a, um, and she's, she's calling next step. Um, she's gonna do a distance learning, senior university of Alaska, which is pretty amazing. And shows it's it's more in the. She's gonna do um, Somalia 101. So through University of Alaska, you'll be able to do that. Um, you'll be able to take it online. I think it's a thousand dollars for the credit, or if you're just doing it for a community, you can do it for a hundred dollars and just kind of, kind of do it that way. Um, still, she's she's a great resource. Donna May is a great resource for all that. Um, you know, the Hike Foundation putting out all this stuff. You know, hikefoundation.org. Um, you go throughout there. People are like, are you part of the Hike Foundation? Mm-hmm. No, that's actually Candy Gavin and Baby. <laughs> but um, you know. It's like the four horsemen. Yeah, Instagram. exactly. <laughs> exactly. You have to do that. <laughs> you can't, can't say the four horsemen without putting out the four horsemen. Exactly. Sign. You got to pay Adam, the ultimate respect. Adam would agree with me. Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he should put up a picture of himself doing that on Twitter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and like I said, man, uh, like each segment just is an hour long. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take up too much too much of your time. I know you got some other things that you probably need to do before you crash out tonight. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I was thinking about heading out to Walmart, seeing if there's anything out there. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, do I head out there? Do yeah. I not? I, I, I try not to spend too much money. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, huh. And, and like I said, anytime you want, I mean, just like you did yesterday, like, hey, man, I'm in town. I was like, yeah. ooh, podcast, man. <laughs> so anytime, man, just yeah. hit me up and let me know. Absolutely. Um. I guess before we close out here on chapter one, because I just, you know, I know you'll be on many more times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would, uh, is there any, well, I know you got a lot, but is there just like, I only know the few few words, unfortunately, because it just kind of left me after it got taken out of the classes and I don't even know if I'm saying them right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the few ones I know are like Baush, yeah, yeah. monkey, right? Yeah, yeah. And is it Gubbaga? Yeah. Is that baby? Like you poor thing. Oh, that's what yeah, it is. You, you poor, poor thing. thing. Oh, okay. And uh, what is good morning? Good morning. Um, you can see Amagenslag or Amagenslag is what they usually say over here. Um, you know, you put the that barred L or the THL sound. You put the tongue on the roof of your mouth and blow outside. And so it's Amagenslag. Amagenslag. Yep. Amagenslag. Amagenslag. Yep. Okay. I'm just trying to educate the listeners too, so I figure. Yeah, it's really great. I was actually debating on doing a podcast on um, on the Simpian culture um, yeah. sometime, and you know, some of it would do with language and like 
you know, I was sitting there thinking, like, if you have me on Twitter, well, yeah. go ahead and shoot there. I don't even remember what my Twitter <laughs> is. It's, uh, <laughs> I forget your Twitter handle. Yeah. And I'll look it up real quick. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't even remember my Twitter. And then, uh, how, oh, go ahead. A-V-R-I-C-E. Avarice. Yeah. Avarice. Yeah. Um, and how do you say goodnight? Um, you can say I'm a hoop. It say I'm a hoop. I'm a hoople. I'm a hoople. Yeah, I'm a hoople. Yeah, I'm a hoople. Um, Stan Marsden's um, Stan Marsden's sister, uh -huh. myself, and Michael were talking to her in Southern Bogus one night. Um, they were dancing at the Longhouse, and we went out. We were both myself, and Michael were out talking, and she she was she was saying um, she was telling us stuff in the language she's like I don't speak very much but she she was speaking mm -hmm. it was wonderful and, and you know and I said I'm a pass you know, which is beautiful you know I said I'm a pass I'm a pass yeah is that I'm a pass I'm a pass yeah I'm a pass and yeah. that's beautiful it's beautiful and I okay. said how beautiful and she sat there and you can tell she hadn't heard the language in a long time she's like she sat there and thought about it and you see her looking through going through her database of words and she's like you too. I'm a pass. I'm a pass. And then she said, "I have to leave you with this one thing." She's like one time, I asked my mother, "How do you how do you say good night in Chimsian?" And this she this is how she said she's like, and she thought, and she thought, and she thought, and she's like, "Good night." <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome, man. I love it because, you know, the, the, the anticipation of what, yeah. what you said, you know, and it's there. Like you said, it's always, we, tough times and good times, we add the humor in, yeah, yeah, you and, know, or else we're not going to survive, yeah, man. And, you know, there, we've lost so many, so many um, people who who have inspired me to do, you know, that I, I know, um, you always tease the kids and said, one day you're going to say, Old man, Mr. Nelson taught me this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 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 it's crazy, man. And I could only go to what Ferris Bueller said, man. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Take a look around, man. <laughs> I I got one for you. Yeah. So Doris Reese. Okay. Um, she she was, um Donna Mae was telling me this today. She got a couple of them. I'll tell you this first one. She said she wanted to um, translate hippie phrases in, in, okay. in, into yeah. into Somalia. So she said, this is the first one. She said, Waido. Waido? Which is far out. Waido? <laughs> yeah, Waido. Waido. And I said, well, I said, you're missing one part of that. I said, she needs to use Yuta. So he said, Waido, Yuta. Far out, man. <laughs> Waido, Yuta? Yeah, far out, man. <laughs> <laughs> With... Uh, how do you say woman? Um, Hana'a. Hana'a? Yeah. Hana'a? Hana'a. Hana'a. Yeah. And then Hana -a. another okay. one. Um, uh, Nanu. Nanu is, is mischievous or crazy. And she said, she said, Doris, she used, she used that Friday night. Um, she said Friday wasn't, wasn't Friday in Somali. She, she translated. She's like, this is what she said. Hallie. Hali, um, 
was Nanu, Hali Nanu, is, I do believe what it was. Okay. Hali Nanu, which is um, time or place when you get mischievous. Oh, and, and okay. It, so it's, it's like, that's, a, that's a great, great way to do it. <laughs> and then, and then Donna Bay, she's like, of course, you use the same thing for your bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Um, again, can I ask you to close out the podcast? Yeah. Um, I'd say, um, in the Malgit the Delgin, Luam Gorda will need, will, will, um, Luam Gorda, Luam Gorda, will need some, um, Azix the Gorda, Suvalax, the Somalics, the, um, the Beldum, which is, um, until we meet again, um, it was very good to see you. Um, I'm happy to see you. Um, not in that way. That's that's actually a banana. Leave that alone. <laughs> uh, on my part, I always I always say later, really sarcastically, like later. Yeah. How do you say later? Um, gee, I don't know. Um, I, I guess you can say that's for chapter two. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that one out. Yeah, but that's great. Um, you know, if, if if you want to send me stuff on Facebook or anything like that, you know, like if you have questions about the culture, um, send it in. You know, I'd love to get, uh, you know, I'm thinking about getting a, a cultural podcast going. Um, just get those questions rolling so it's like I can find some of the people that I go through out there. You know, I run into Mike Hill and Mike quite often. Oh, uh, yeah. Davey and Davey Candy Gavin. Yeah. Um, be great to sit there and maybe uh, maybe I'll record something tomorrow just of a roundtable thing going on and just get a bunch of stuff going on tomorrow. Oh, so yeah, and like I said, anytime. Like I said, I know you're here and I know your 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 time's precious. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um. So just let me know anytime. I'll be home. I'm actually going to record with uh, Cub and Angie. Oh, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll be home on 23rd. And that's when <laughs> we'll record there. Oh yeah, that's, I think that's when the boat parade is going on too. Boat parade that night. Too. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I'm gonna. I'm going to go watch that with my yeah. sisters and my nephew. Well, I'll be down there playing Christmas music down there in the field, and Amber will be doing some um, hot chocolate. Amber? Amber, uh, Amber um, Booth. Oh, okay, yeah, she'll okay. Be down, she'll be down there doing hot chocolate. I, Ooh. It sounds like, I don't think she's selling that. I think she's giving, they're just giving, giving it to people who come down there, and of course the music's there. I thought about... Um, I thought about doing um, Christmas karaoke down there. That'd be kind of <laughs> oh, there you go. Huh? People, so there's a lot of great singers in Manitoba, yeah. you know. Oh, a lot of uh, bad singers too. Hey man, <laughs> I'm one of the bad singers. I sang on one of my last podcasts. I was just having fun, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to take pictures of the boat parade because I haven't been home for that before. I always yeah. saw the pictures, and I'm excited for that. And yeah. uh, again, thank you very much. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, open invitation. Like I said, this is just chapter one with yeah, you on yeah. here, man. We're doing more stuff, more stuff, and um, you know, have, uh, I get busy. I might be traveling to DC. Um, might be traveling out of country. Wow! So who knows what what else? I'll have plenty of things to talk about. Heck yeah! <laughs> it's a small world where we're at, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll cross paths. <laughs> Maybe I'll get to see your brother, and I can do one over there. Exactly, man. <laughs> and uh, once again, thank you for uh, opening and closing it, man. Yeah. And uh, we'll see everybody around the block, man. Yeah. All right. (laughs) All right, man. Later. Later.